episode 79 with Erin Johnson. Erin is a creative and healer who uses the power of tarot, Reiki, trauma-conscious yoga and community to come home to herself and help you do the same. Erin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited too, and I'm excited to kind of dive in and learn more about tarot because I know very little. So, what what is tarot? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so, tarot, I really think of it as a tool for deeper self-awareness. Um, literally, it's a collection of cards um, and they're, it's a very visual-based tool, right? And so you can picture a deck of tarot cards. There are these beautiful images on them. Um, and really what it is, is um, a spectrum of life experiences. Like each mm. card is an experience. And so that's why we know these cards, right? Because we are living in tarot is just a reflection of life. And so if you know what it is to go through a painful breakup, to have your first taste of freedom, to lose a job, to feel the calm after the storm, like then you know what these tarot cards are because those things are all reflected in the tarot. So does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. And I love the, the idea of the tarot being a reflection of life. I've never yeah. heard it explained like that. I love that. Yeah, it is. And so that's why, like, I know some people love like angel cards or oracle cards um, because they're more of like these positive messages. And tarot has a lot of really beautiful positive messages too. But as we all know, life is also messy and there are hard parts of life. And that's why I love the tarot um, above all else, because it really is that honest mirror um, and it plays out the full spectrum of life, not just the good stuff, but it can help us through the really messy stuff too. Um, when we pull those cards and we can see ourselves in those harder situations and based on the cards around them too, we can see like, oh, there's other stuff here, right? Like it's not just the really hard thing, but where's the lesson? And it allows us to see that lesson if we're ready to see it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I do like the idea of it being that kind of that full spectrum of life because yes, you're right. You know, life is, is messy. It's magical and it's messy. Exactly, so it, yeah. It is everything. And I guess that's why tarot can sometimes get a little bit of a bad rap as being a little bit scary. Mm, yeah I think there are some cards that tarot is like famous for where it's like oh it's really scary yeah like devil death um oh some of the cards, like, yeah the ten of swords if anyone can picture that card it's a bit scary looking it's like a man lying on his back with ten swords in his back but again it's just like these are experiences in life. Like in life, we go through death. And like, just to clear this up right now, it's not about physical death when you pull the death tarot card, but things are dying in our lives all the time, right? Like we're always shedding former versions of ourselves. Friendships are dying, situations are dying, um, jobs are dying, relationships are dying. And so all of these things, thought patterns, beliefs that we had, we're going through these constant cycles of death and rebirth. So I think there's light and shadow to all of the cards, you know, mm -hmm. like there can be, there's good and bad in every card, just like there's good and bad in each of us as humans. So, so is it then more about the interpretation of each card? Mm, yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So yeah, every card has like, you know, it's basic foundational meaning, but where the magic really comes in is your own experiences, your own intuition. And so we have this foundational piece of what the cards mean, but then your magic is what takes it further. Um, and that's what 
yeah, that's what makes it a really special tool. And so if you talk to me about what a card means, it's probably going to be different than when you talk to some another tarot reader about what that card means and another tarot reader, because we're all bringing our own magic to the cards. And when you read them for yourself, you bring that for yourself too. It sounds almost like you develop a relationship with the tarot. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, like I have a relationship with my deck. <laughs> and somebody was asking me the other day, actually, they were like, I just got my first tarot deck. And I was reading about how you're not supposed to let anyone else touch it because it's bad. And was like, what are your thoughts about that? And I was like, okay, <laughs> a lot of people do say that. And it's fine. Like I let other people touch my deck. Absolutely. Um, I'll usually cleanse it afterwards. But those cards, like I have a relationship with that deck. And so I don't mind if other people touch it. It's still my deck. I still have a relationship with those cards. Okay. I feel like the difference, well, no, there's lots of differences between tarot and oracle, but I feel like one of the differences is for kind of someone who's not a reader is the oracle cards seem a little bit more approachable. Yeah. You, kind of, you can pick an oracle card, you can kind of you get it. But I think with the tarot, it's a bit like, wait, what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's definitely true. At least that's been true for me. I know there are some people who are like, I picked up my tarot cards and I just like instinctively knew, like I looked at the cards and I knew what they meant. And that's so beautiful. I think that's a little more uncommon. Like that wasn't my experience. I found tarot very confusing when I first started also. And oracle cards, typically they are easier to understand. And often they'll have like some more text at the bottom, like an affirmation or just like a beautiful, um, picture that's like really easy to interpret so yeah I think oracle cards can be sort of a nice gateway into the tarot mm -hmm. I actually never used oracle cards <laughs> before reading tarot I have um I think I have like two oracle decks now um that I sometimes use sort of in tandem with the tarot but I think what it really is is everyone's experience is going to be really unique with the tarot and so for me like once I started getting into it I was like okay I'm going to read all the books because I'm such a student and I love learning so I wanted to read like a ton of tarot books um, and I think the most important piece is that experience of it so if you pull out the cards and you're like what do they mean like yes read the books but then experiencing the cards um, is going to take you a lot further with them so I can talk about some ways to experience the cards if you'd like that'd be great yeah yeah, so one of the best ways that I think is just to draw a card in the morning and just asking like, what's the energy of today? And making a note of it and then just thinking about that card throughout your day and at the end of the day, just making some connections. So um, for example, like I pulled the world card recently one morning and the world card is the last card in the major arcana of the tarot. And this card is, um, it symbolizes sort of like a completeness, like a wholeness. It's an end of a cycle. It's a place that feels usually really good to be in. Um, it's really comfortable and it's like a beautiful ending. Um, and so I pulled that card and that day I just had like the best day ever. Like I saw some friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. I had an amazing dinner at my favorite restaurant with my partner. Like it was a really beautiful day. Um, and so I can make that connection between that day and the world card and I still remember it now. And so when the world comes up in a reading and I pulled the world many times, so I have a whole wealth of experiences to pull from. Mm -hmm. um, but when I pull the world card in a reading, I have that relationship with that. And I'm like, oh, I can see what this means for you because I've been in this card, right? Like I've experienced it for myself. So I think drawing a card in the morning 
and making those connections of what happens throughout the day is a really great way to get to know them and making your own tarot journal where you can write down these interpretations. Like I have a journal that's like so beautiful. It's like pink crushed velvet. It says magic on the front. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It can be whatever. <laughs> I just like love this. Um, but so I've written like every card of the tarot and then I have other sections too where I do like my experiences with crystals and things like that. Um, but I'll just write down, there's a page for each card. And then when I have like sort of a breakthrough with a card or an experience that really stands out with a card, I just write that down. And so you start to make your own book really of like what the tarot means to you. Okay. Tell me more about what a breakthrough with a card means. Mm, yeah. So what I mean by that is there are certain cards, I think for all of us and definitely for me, where it's like, you understand what it means. Like you understand the foundational meaning, but it's still like something isn't quite clicking. Like mm -hmm. something isn't really there on a personal level for you. And so when I draw a card that day and I experience something in that card, or I hear someone talk on a podcast and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, of course that's what it is. That's sort of what I mean by a breakthrough where you haven't had that connection with the card yet. And then something happens and you feel a connection. Mm -hmm. So it clicks somehow for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. There are lots of other ways to connect with the cards as well. Like I like to meditate with them sometimes. Um, recently, one of my favorite things to do has been to paint with them. So just sort of like think about the card and just like get out some paper and paints and just free paint. And I'm not like an artist person. These are not like going to be in a museum or anything, <laughs> but it's just like a nice way to like creatively connect with the cards. So there are lots of different ways. Um, and I think it's really fun to explore too. Like what's, what's a great way for you to experience it? Cause we're all different. Mm, I love that. And I love that it seems kind of like really fun. Yeah, it is really fun. Because I think that's how it can, it can be perceived as being scary, but this is like, okay, that's fun. That's, that's fun. I can paint with tarot. Yeah, yeah. I think the idea of it being scary sort of comes from where tarot was more thought about in the past as like fortune telling. And so mm -hmm. it was like pulling like these different cards and being like, this is going to happen to you or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But I think modern tarot and at least tarot to me is it's not about that at all. It's just this tool for deeper self-awareness like I was talking about. And it's a tool for understanding yourself better, understanding your life better. Um, and it's that mirror that sometimes we need when we're like, I can't see clearly like my emotions, my thought patterns, everything is just swirling around and I can't see. The tarot can be a really great tool to sort of cut through that and bring your consciousness to something else, bring your awareness to something that you weren't able to see before. Mm, okay, so I have a question around that. So yeah. If you were kind of in that kind of swirly emotional place and then you do a tarot reading, won't your reading be affected by you being in that swirly place where you can't quite see clearly? That's a great question. Um, I think so there are some people who say that like you shouldn't do a tarot reading for yourself if unless you're in like this like clear you know meditative space um and that's that's not me i don't really agree with that i think that the, sh the cards always show you what you need to see and so i think it's okay to read if you're in like an emotional place um if you're feeling like you can't see clearly i still believe that the cards will show you what you need to see um and I think for me, at least, that's been really, really helpful when I'm in those places where I'm totally stuck in something. I'll just pull a card that will make me think about the situation in a completely different way and sort of break me out of that. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I can see how that could work.
Because I think it's really hard to kind of do a reading for yourself when you're always in that clear space. Right. I mean, because how often are we in that clear space? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I don't have time to meditate for like an hour before I pull cards. I'm like doing it in the middle of the day, like for five minutes in the morning, you know, it's like, it doesn't always, it is nice to ritualize tarot in some way, but it doesn't always have to be that. Like, it's, it's a reflection of life and it's a tool for real life. It's like everyday tarot. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, because I think that's that is, that's true of kind of some, not just have tarot, but kind of different kind of spiritual tools that can become really kind of ritualistic, which is beautiful, but can also be really time consuming. And in the modern day life, when we're so busy, it just right. can seem like a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, if the tool is like something so beautiful and so magical and so powerful, but like you don't have time or space to use it, then it's, it's not real. It's not going to be real to you and it's not going to actually help you. Yeah. And it sounds like developing that relationship, kind of that daily practice with the tarot is really what's going to pay off in the long term. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like I was saying, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. Like if you pull a card in the morning, just pull, take five minutes, pull a card, think about the card, write it down. And then just as you're going about your day, like as you're on the subway or as you're like at the grocery store, just bringing your awareness back to the card, just sort of bringing it into your mind and taking another couple minutes at the end of the day to write down what the card meant to you today. Um, yeah, it really doesn't have to be a long thing. And it can be nice to take more time. Like I like to do this around uh, different moon phases, like maybe around the full moon or like an eclipse to do like a more in-depth spread where I'm like really going into it, like lighting some candles and stuff. And I, I really enjoy doing that, but that's not my everyday practice at all. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I do have a question about, kind of you mentioned earlier on that tarot kind of in the past has been seen as a fortune telling tool. Which I think it definitely has. It's definitely had that kind of not, not vibes, not the right word, but it's it's what we see in the movies, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just this scary woman pulling a death card, and it's like, oh my god! Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I get that it's, it's a lot more than that because you know movies are movies. But one of my questions is is that I know that tarot can be used in kind of like within timelines. So you could pull a card that's like relevant for the next three months. I'm just kind of wondering how that, is that true? And if it is true, how that kind of interplays with everything else? Yeah, so um, sometimes I'll do this where I'm like, what might I experience if I do this, like in the next three months, six months, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea is really that these cards are all invitations and... An incredible teacher of mine, Lindsay Mack, is the person who really introduced me to this idea of cards being invitations. And so nothing is set in stone. Um, These cards are invitations that we can say yes or no to. It's just saying like the energy is there for you should you choose to step into it, should you choose to say yes. Um, And actually, I'm going to say another book that everyone should check out if they're interested in learning more about tarot. It's called Mm -hmm. 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollack. And in this book, one of the things she says is that, yes, of course, we have free will, but we rarely ever use it because we're almost always operating from our subconscious programming. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was really powerful to me when I heard that. I was just like, oh my God, yeah, so true. Yeah, (laughs) Um, so true. 
Yeah. And so a lot of what tarot can help us do also um, is going into that subconscious programming and seeing like, oh, what's really there and how is that affecting my life right now? That's one of the ways that I love to use it. Um, So sorry, I'm like diverging from your question a little bit, but yeah, it's this idea that cards are invitations. Um, So it's not set in stone. You can always change the outcome. You can always do something else. You can make a different choice. I think that's a really cool, uh, really cool way of thinking about it. Like they're yeah. an invitation, or I guess if you get a more negative, a more shadowy card, it's I guess a warning. But I love that idea though, because then it's not set in stone, which I think sometimes people think it is. So if you have a tarot reading and it's you know, it could be a heavier reading, it's like oh my god, this is going to happen. Well, actually, it's just kind of it's what's there, and then you get to choose what you do with it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's always a choice because, you know, we are these free beings and it's like astrology as well. Like, you know, like the planets are doing different things and the energy is there and in your birth chart, the energy is there, but we don't actually have to do those things and we don't have to step into that. Um, and when it comes to like more, as you said, like heavier readings, um, I've done readings for people where they've been like super positive and beautiful and they're like shocked. They're like, is it always this positive? And I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) Um, but when we get heavier readings, I think that's just an indication of like, we're going through a phase in our life where things are not as beautiful and sunshiny and merry as like we might like them to be, but those heavier places are paving the way for us to come through it and come into something that does feel good, something that is transformed, something that is more beautiful. Um, and that's one of the things that's really well reflected in the tarot is this idea of cycles. So I'm not sure, do you know anything about the breakdown of the cards? Should I explain it a little bit? Please do. Yeah. Okay. So in Tara, there's the minor arcana and in that is the court cards as well. And then there's the major arcana. The major arcana is 22 cards and they're these big life lessons. Like these are the karmic themes, the things that our souls are here to learn the minor arcana is more reflective of like the day-to-day things like the losing your job, the meeting a new friend, like those types of themes. And the minor arcana is broken down into four elements. And so we have the swords, the wands, the cups, and the pentacles. And within each of those suits, there's Um, there are 10 cards so they're numbered one to ten and so each of those suits is its own cycle and then the major arcana um, is its own cycle as well and so when we lay out the cards in their order we can really see like how things develop from the one to the ten from the fool which is the first card in the major arcana to the world which I already mentioned the last card in the major arcana and we can see that temperance which is this card of rebirth and alchemy and healing follows death and we can see that the sun this like beautiful vibrant healing energy this energy of being really seen um, follows some of the more heavy cards like the devil and the tower and so we can really see like this mix of things that feel really good things that feel more difficult in this spiral of the tarot um, and it's yeah it's just very reflective of this idea that we're going through cycles in our lives all the time, just like nature, just like the planet is going through cycles. As we move through the seasons, we're changing. We're moving through fall and winter, but after winter comes spring and summer, and that's in the tarot as well. I love that. It seems so connected to kind of life. It is, yeah. It really is, like on a micro level in our individual lives and on a macro level as well. 
So what are some simple readings that we could start doing for ourselves? That's a great question. Um, so if you want to just pull, do like a simple one card reading, one of my favorites is just to ask, what does my intuition want me to know right now? And just pull one card. Mm -hmm. And then some simple three card readings, I would say, are doing something like mind, body, spirit, sort of like what's a message from my mind, my body, my spirit in this moment. Um, and one of my favorites, if you're feeling stuck or you're feeling like you're blocked in some way, pulling three cards for what's the blockage, what's the shadow underneath the blockage, so like what's really under there, like why am I having trouble with money? or whatever it is that you're having trouble with. And then the third card being advice for moving forward. So like, okay, now that I know this block and this shadow, what can I actually do about it? That makes sense. Yeah. And I really like that one too, just because I think a lot of modern spirituality, we do ourselves a disservice by keeping things fairly surface level sometimes, right? Like we'll notice the block and we'll be like, okay, well, let's, you know, I don't know, let's do an affirmation or like do a yoga pose and like, I love yoga too. I also teach yoga. I think that's beautiful. But if we're not getting underneath, if we're not seeing what's really under there, this blockage is just going to keep coming up and keep coming up until we really deal with it. Definitely. I think that, I think one of the things that we can do is kind of almost paper over it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it always comes back. It always does, yeah, because we're here to learn these things, and we don't learn them when we just paper over them. No, we don't, which is one of the things I love that you said about kind of, when we talk about heavier readings, about those kind of shadowy aspects. It really sounds like it's just an, an invitation to look closer at what you maybe don't want to look at, <laughs> but what you really need to look at. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing, like I'm always saying these cards are calling me out right now because they often <laughs> do. They'll call me out. Um, but I think that one of the important things to know too is that tarot never really tells us anything that we don't really know deep mm -hmm. down. It's often just something that like you were saying, we're just like, we don't want to look at it. We're trying to push it to the side and ignore it. And that's why tarot can be so useful. It's like putting it right in front of you and you can't ignore it when it's right there yeah i think that's really important though because it isn't it is by looking at those kind of shadowy places that we do have the growth and we evolve and we move on to our kind of our next stage of you know the sunshine and rainbows but a lot of the work is done in those darker places absolutely yeah and that's been my one of my practices over the past maybe a year or so, I've been like really dedicated to going deep into those shadows and it is not comfortable. <laughs> it's not comfortable in <laughs> any way. Like it does not feel that good. Um, but when you get to that breakthrough, right, when you're like, oh my God, yeah, this is why I have this reoccurring issue. I'm like, this is why I keep attracting all of these kinds of people into my life. This is what's in me that I'm not healing or that I'm ignoring that's causing all these things to manifest in my life. Um, to have this ripple effect it's really liberating um to notice that and i guess that's where your your journal comes in handy so you can start to see the patterns oh yeah yeah the patterns are really important absolutely so kind of what kind of questions can we ask the tarot i mean can you ask anything um so 
questions that aren't framed as yes or no are really good questions to ask. So questions that start with like a why or a what are a lot more useful. Um, if you want, like you could ask yes or no, but I don't really find that to be very useful. I think the much more useful thing to ask is like, how is this happening? Or like, why is this happening? Um, when also I think is not a very useful question to ask just because we have all of these um, Yeah, we have all of these decisions and tiny changes we can make along the way and so When something might happen is like not um, a great question to ask the tarot, but we can ask a lot um, We can ask why things are happening in a certain way. We can ask what the lesson we need to learn is we can ask what we're not seeing that's a really great question to ask if you're doing a spread just like what am I not seeing here um, so really any question that you have that lends like a very reflective answer if that makes sense is a good thing to ask the tarot so not a quick fix then yeah it's not a quick fix <laughs> you know, like it, it's not an easy thing um, well, that's not true it can be easy but yeah it's not a quick fix and like it requires some some thought and some going within and some deep looking um and we don't always want to do that <laughs> we don't yeah <laughs> so if you're just kind of new to the tarot and just getting started i mean obviously you mentioned kind of pulling a card daily is that kind of the best way to get into tarot or would you say it's maybe go to a reader and have your yeah reading yeah so i think all of these things can work in tandem so definitely start pulling cards every day um and it's going to be a slow process there are a lot of cards to work through mm. um but definitely start pulling some cards definitely go see a reader there are probably amazing readers in your city there are tons of readers online um that you can work with so get a reading and see like how they read the cards i think it's really helpful to get um a professional reading and if you like to read like i do you can explore some amazing tarot books and just remembering that all of these books like this is someone's interpretation of the card this is someone's knowledge of the tarot and that's beautiful and we can learn a lot from other people's interpretations but remembering that end of the day it's about you and so your personal relationship with those cards is going to be what really creates the magic for you so it sounds like quite an intuitive practice as well it is, yeah, and I think the tarot can really help you develop that intuition as well. Um, and the more that you, I found at least um, when I started to read for other people, uh, I was sort of doubtful. I was like, I'm pulling these cards because I was like, I don't know, I'm sort of waiting for them to tell me that I'm wrong. But the more that I read for other people, um, now I just trust what's coming through and I trust my intuition. And like, if I'm feeling something come through me, even if it's not like if, you, if I see a card and it like triggers something in my mind to share, even if it's not like from the card itself, I'll just say it because I've just learned from reading for people to trust what's coming through, to trust that intuition. Whereas in the beginning, it was sort of like I was waiting for someone to tell me I was wrong. Right. Um, but um, the tarot doesn't lie. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> so how do you, I'm just curious, like how do you balance and, learning about kind of the different cards and there are a lot of cards to learn about and then really it being such an intuitive practice it's, yeah. it's like there's, there's the two sides of the coin there 
Yeah, exactly. And I think they can work in tandem really beautifully. Um, Mm -hmm. But I find that, so meditating with the cards is a beautiful way to work on your intuition. And I do a lot of embodiment practice also. So I don't know if you know this, but I teach um, embodied tarot yoga classes in person in my city where I live, which is Philadelphia in the U.S., um, and online as well. And we, what we do is we focus on like a specific archetype of the card. So recently I just taught queen of pentacles class. Um, and so we do a yoga flow based on connecting with the energy of the queen of pentacles. We chant, uh, we do mudra, we breathe, we do some journaling questions and some sharing and some tarot pools all based around connecting with the energy of the queen of pentacles. And, So anything that makes the cards more personal to you and anything that requires that you connect with how you feel about the cards is really going to help develop your intuition around them. So really making the cards come alive for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like pulling them out of the ether and pulling them down into you, into your body, into your breath. I have to say, I've never heard of embodied tarot yoga, but it sounds amazing. Thank so you. Yeah. Different concept, but I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, it just sort of came to me um, one day, not super long, maybe like six months ago or something. I've just started doing them. Um, and it just made sense to me because my background is in yoga. Like I was a yoga teacher and Reiki healer before I read tarot. Um, and so it just sort of was a combination of things that made sense to me and has been powerful for me. I can imagine because I think one of the things that we don't always do in modern spirituality is have that embodied aspect of it. It can stay in the ethers. That's so true. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget all about the lower chakras, the root chakra, the sacral chakra, and how important those are because we're like so focused on opening up our crown. And like that's so beautiful too, but we're still human beings in physical bodies on this earthly plane. And yeah, I think we let our work and our connection be more shallow and not as deep as it could be when we leave those aspects out. Definitely. Is there a connection between the tarot and the chakras? So I say yes. Um, I'm sure somebody has like written about this somewhere, but I haven't read anything about it. To me, there is a connection Mm -hmm. Um, just in the sense of like the cards are elemented or I'm not sure if that's a real word, but the elements are, <laughs> <It is> now. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. elements are in the cards. And so those suits that I was talking about earlier, the swords, that's air, the wands okay. are fire, um, the cups are water and the pentacles are earth. And so the chakras are also related to the elements, right? And so I make the connection that way. And some of the cards, the court cards, which I won't get super deep into, are double elemented and so um we have the pages the knights the queens and the kings and each archetype has its own element associated with it and they also have one of the other elements as in the swords the pentacles the wands or the cups and so each card has two elements and so we can work with a bunch of different um chakras there which is really interesting but so yeah so i do relate the cards to the chakras and sometimes it's not relevant like i don't always speak about that in a reading mm-hmm. but like in these embodied tarot classes that i teach we do work with the chakras like for the queen of pentacles for example we work with earth and with water and so we focus a lot on the root chakra and the sacral chakra because those elements are related to those chakras 
It makes sense. Yeah. I love it again how it's again so practical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just something that like makes these concepts and these archetypes more real for me. Mm-hmm. I think they make it more real for everyone. And I think that's, that's what we need. We need it to come down out of the ethers into our everyday so we can really kind of engage with it and benefit from what it is a beautiful tool. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are many readers, this is not my specialty, but there are many readers who are also um, really talking about and teaching classes on and using the tarot for trauma healing for their own mental health, helping other people with their mental health through the tarot. And so it can be a really powerful tool. It sounds a little bit like it's a gateway. (laughs) It is a gateway. Absolutely. Yeah. I like it. So gateway into understanding yourself a little bit more. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, and I think all of the practices that I do, like all of these sort of mystical practices, they're, they're, that's what they are. Like they're a way for me um, and for you and for anyone who wants to use them to deepen their understanding of their self, to be able to explore and answer those big questions of like, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I here to learn? How does my soul want to evolve in this lifetime? Like tarot can help you find those answers. All of these practices, astrology can help you find these answers. Um, but I just love the tarot. <laughs> <laughs> so tarot has spoken to you. Tarot has spoken to me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How do we know if tarot is speaking to us? Well, if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling in any way curious about it, then you know the tarot speaking to you. Um, I think curiosity has always been the way that I know. So like if I'm starting to feel really curious about something, I will always follow that. Um, and that's how tarot started for me. That's how literally everything that I do started for me. Just a little inkling, just a little bull, just a little bit of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and just saying yes to that and following it and then saying yes to the next thing that that leads me to and the next thing and then here I am and I'm a tarot reader now. You know? so, <laughs> if you're feeling curious about it or drawn to it in any way, tarot wants to talk to you. Okay. That makes sense. And any particular de- decks that you'd recommend kind of beginners start with? Yeah. So I think the best deck to start with and one that I started with is the Smith Rider Waite. And so that's like the that's probably if you're picturing a tarot deck in your mind, that's probably the one that you're picturing. There are tons of amazing like indie decks, totally really beautiful decks out. And I have those as well, but I think the Smith Rider is really helpful just because a lot of modern decks, those independent decks are based on the imagery in these cards. And you're sort of, um, I think of it as going to the source. So you're getting all of this rich imagery and you're not working off of somebody else's interpretation of it. You can go right here and figure out your own interpretation of all of this imagery. Um, So I really like using that deck to start. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling I have that deck. You probably do. Yeah. (laughs) If anyone's listening and they're like, I think I have a deck, that's probably it. (laughs) Okay. I've been fired now. I need to go find it. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember buying it. Oh, must have been years ago. Because I was really intrigued by Tara, and then uh-huh. seeing these cards, and thinking, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'll have to dig that out. <laughs> I will definitely. I have lots of tarot cards. I actually have lots of other tarot cards, like tarot decks as well. But mm-hmm. I think going back to the sources is, is a good place to start. Yeah, um, yeah. That's been really helpful for me. Um, yeah, and then you can play with other decks too if you want. Like I read with other decks as well, but I still read with this deck for all of my clients and for myself just because it really resonates with me. 
Beautiful. I love it. Erin, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you. This has been really fun. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. So now everyone's kind of got to know a little bit more about you and more about the tarot. How can they stay in touch with you? Yeah, so you can hop on my website, which is living-open.com, which is also the name of my podcast, Living Open, um, and follow along on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore. Um, I share, I do a lot of events in person in Philly. I have um, some online classes, and obviously I do tarot readings as well. So yeah, you can find all that, <clears throat> excuse me, you can find all that information on my Instagram and on my website. Wonderful, and I will include all those links on the show notes so everyone has them right to hand. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you again, Erin. So great to hang out with you today. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes as it really helps get this message into more ears. This is Amy Biondini. Live your truth. Be yourself. <laughs>